Did it give it to you? Not yet. Okay. You want to take back uh, the meeting and do it? I don't because then you can't put people in breakouts, correct? Yeah, but you can do it just until you start your recording and then, I mean, we're recording now and onto the cloud. Oh, I see. Okay, well, you know what? That's fine. Leave as is. It is recording. I see that. I'll just, okay. I'll just edit it. Okay? Perfect. Okay, great. Thanks, hon. You're on mute. Getting ready to. Thank you. Practice doesn't make perfect. <laughs> well, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for coming together tonight. I am incredibly excited to spend about a half hour conversing with my amazing friend, Dr. Holly Woods. Hi, Holly. How are you tonight? I'm great, Kristen. Excited to be here and happy for this conversation. Well, thank you so much for carving out some time to connect with myself and, I don't know, 40 other great friends. Uh, which is a new format for me, but I really was excited to share with these other folks as well uh, your compilation of your life's work and through your book called um, The Golden Thread, which I finished in my pool this weekend. And what's cool about this conversation is that um, in the conversations I've had previously, they were more reflective, expressing gratitude for a shared journey and a pivot that occurred for me and my awakening and, and my lessons. And when I connected with you and asked you if I could chat about your book, I hadn't even read the content yet. <laughs> this conversation for me is going to be different because it's more forward facing. And it was so cool on Saturday when I started getting into the meat of it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so divinely timed because I needed to understand this and learn this. And I, wouldn't have been ready for this three months ago. And there's a lot of people who are connecting this evening that I think are gonna have some great takeaways. So I'm really excited. <laughs> so I'd like to start um, by expressing your purpose for writing this book. So in your own words, and I do have earmarked in the book your quote, but what was your reasoning or purpose for writing The Golden Thread? Maybe you should read what I wrote. <laughs> Do you want to see how close yeah, it was? Well, like, you know, I wrote the book. I'm curious what I, you know, I'll actually will say that so much of the book was written through me, not by me. So sometimes I, I actually have to keep rereading the book. Like, now what did I write? Um, I will say that I think I wrote the book. Um, at least one of the reasons I wrote the book was because I wanted to express in this moment, thank you know, I was called to write the book and thank goodness I listened and it launched during a pandemic and, you know, before um, the much needed global unrest that we're experiencing, that each of us has a unique one of a kind role to play on the planet to make our greatest contribution. And literally, if I can do it, you can do it. Because all of us experience these challenging journeys through which we become liberated, you know, and, and each of us has a contribution that is so needed on the planet that when any of us is not really enlivened in our purpose, in this lifetime, right here and now, the world suffers. So in a nutshell, it's kind of, that was my message. And that is what you wrote, so good job. <laughs> 
I think um, I think one of the big takeaways in reading the book, uh, in reference to purpose finding and your goals of writing the book, was to shed light on the fact that it's not just when you're in the positive mode, which we know there's no such thing as positive or negative, it's all perfect, but it's really through the challenges and the muck that we discover who we are. And, and in reflection, you shared about how those are the defining moments. Yeah, I, and, and, and also that we truly wouldn't go where we need to go in life if we didn't have those. Because most of us would choose to live a simpler, more comfortable, pleasurable, you know, the, the path of least resistance and probably never arrive at fulfilling our purpose. So to some extent, you know, we're required to have these opportunities in life that create the chance to become more of ourselves and less of who we're not, which I also write about. So in these moments of discomfort and pain and trauma, um, it, you know, at times, it does not always go to a traumatic level, but discomfort of this tension of us butting up against something that provokes us in some way, if we use that, if we choose to use it in a, in a productive way, we go inside and have this deep inquiry about, well, what is in me that's resonating with this thing that I need to be aware of? And then we come to the possibility of liberating that if we choose to. You know, I, I think in retrospect, my life was as challenging as it was because as my father would say, I'm one of the most stubborn people on the planet. And so I just never really stopped and paid attention early enough that, oh, these things kept happening. I wonder why, <laughs> you know? So I had to keep hitting my head against the wall over and over again in order to gain the necessary message that was being delivered to me. So, you know, the other reason I wrote the book is because I don't want anybody to have to do what I did to find themselves more fully. Yes, know? thank you for that. And I think there's probably a lot of us, especially collecting tonight, that are shaking their heads going, yes, I remember hearing those words, and you know, in my growth too, of why do you always have to learn the hard way, right? I, that just, I thought of that when I, when I read um, that portion of the book. I'm like, yes, that was my whole childhood. <laughs> so why do you have to learn? We do have to learn the hard way. I mean, if there was an easier way, it wouldn't accomplish the same result. So Agreed. we are put in this life. We choose these lives. And I believe that those of us who have really challenging lives have chosen it on purpose to do more of the work in any given lifetime. So, you know, you could say that those of us who, whose lives have been more traumatic are actually soul warriors. We came back to liberate more of ourselves in this lifetime to be ready to do what's now needed and required finally to live in a world that is more just and peaceful and coherent. So thank God for these lives that some of us have lived to be here now ready to help move humanity to the next place which is incredibly exciting. <laughs> so after reading your book, I realized that this is the PhD of purpose and that we could literally take an entire two years of, of just digesting all of this brilliant knowledge. And it also made me have an even higher appreciation of you. 
and how rare it is that we can find someone who could take us this deep into content. And I know that we have some um, global purpose leaders um, on here tonight and some founders and you know some really deep, deep people that are collecting this evening. And it makes me reflective of how special you are that you can mentor and coach us to the level that this book explores. But as I was exploring it, what I'd like to go deep on right now, and you provide different models to help people find their purpose and, and human development, um, but it was the stages of consciousness with uh, Terry O'Fallon that I was freaking out. Like I, I couldn't read and highlight fast enough. So I'd like to take a few minutes and dive a little bit deeper there. Um, and I, I want you to talk about the three, the concrete, um, subtle, and metaware, but I want to spend our time going through the um, subtle because I think a lot of folks who are going to be connecting with this conversation are in that phase of development. And I know it helped me a lot to better understand it. So I want to walk us through that. So can you give us just a really brief overview of that format? Yeah, the, of the, the framework. So I've studied with Terry for about six years now. Um, when she came on the scene, I'm, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this is something I have to have. I had to understand it in order to do my work. And I knew that from like the day, the minute she emerged um, in her work, she studied with Suzanne Cook-Greuter for quite a while and then developed her own theory. And it was a grounded theory, which I really resonate with. That's sort of how I build things. And so Terry's, Terry O'Fallon's work, um, she's both a scientist and a spiritual teacher and an educator, um, came up in, in the educational system. And so she has a, you know, a broad view of humanity and human development, but there are three tiers and these tiers are concrete, subtle, and metaware as Kristen described. And when we talk about stages of consciousness in this model, what we're talking about is the ability to have perspective. So it, a baby or you know an early child would have first person perspective so they would be able to see themselves growing and they would be able to touch their skin and know they have eye you know and, and sense that they see in their eyes and and hear with their ears they don't have words for most of these things but they only know themselves that's first person perspective second person is when they become to know their parent or a sibling or a you know a playmate and, and they know there is actually someone other than them so that's a second person perspective and a third person would be a sibling looking in on a parent and child relationship and it goes on and on like that fourth and fifth person perspective is that we get we have more perspectival awareness more capacity to see outside of ourselves so first person being just us fourth fifth sixth person perspective you get to see more and more which means that as I gain that perspective, I can actually see the world in greater and greater systems. So first I see it in my little pot of a family, then I see it in my peers, and then I see it in my community and my tribe and my broader community and my country. And, and then you start seeing, you know, so it's all holographic, right? And so what happens at each of these perspective levels is that we, gain an awareness of both our internal and external systems. The subtle tier, which I agree most of us are in the subtle tier, thank goodness now the world has shifted into the subtle tier primarily. That's a whole nother 
conversation, but um, in early Subtle here, we begin to experience that I have thoughts and feelings. And I become aware of my thoughts and feelings. And I think about my feelings and I feel about my thoughts. And I realize that the, all of those things actually creates a result. And I can think about the result of my thoughts and feelings. And that's called metacognition. And when we have metacognitive capacity, we begin to develop futuristic thinking. And we can look at the past and we look at the future to a certain extent and imagine the world might be different. You know, I might be different, my family, my peers, my business. So you have a lot of innovation coming here and business really develops at this stage. And a lot of the professions, so the doctors, lawyers, teachers, et cetera, are in the early subtle tier. And then as we begin to realize our subtle awareness expands and we start noticing other people also have thoughts and feelings and oh, I'm not the only one. And I actually see that these people have thoughts and feelings as well. And oh my gosh, I should actually really care about their thoughts and feelings because mine sure matter. So I should, should care about others. And this is when social justice actually arises. So what we're experiencing globally, three months of pandemic, everybody went inside, began examining themselves. We came out of hiding, the world has erupted and we're like ready to actually face the injustices that have been, you know, a part of our world, part of the structures of our world. And now more of humanity is like, oh, got it. This is what we've been doing to each other. How horrid. And so we're, we're embracing the fact that we are now awake enough to examine that, yeah, we've been doing some pretty deep injustices because we're now in the late subtle tier. And then it becomes more and more systemic thinking the metaware tier, we actually move out of the body into a more, a deeper awareness of awareness that it is actually, these are transpersonal experiences, we just can't see it. And out here in metaware, we begin to have an awareness of life as a transpersonal experience. That was in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, this is a PhD of purpose. <laughs> you just said that in five minutes. That was really impressive. Um, so where I started getting so excited when I was understanding the subtle section, right? Mm -hmm. um, we pretty much the collective this evening are within that subtle range. And we're working with the experts and the achievers. Yep. Okay. And there's a lot of us here this evening who are into the pluralist phase. Yeah. The, yeah, the pluralist and the strategy. Uh, strategy. Yeah, strategist. Mm -hmm. So I love to- I'm so proud of you. That's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> well, that's because it's, it's where, what's happening to me. And I'm like, oh, no wonder I'm so frustrated. Yeah. They can't see it because they're experts and achievers. They can't see it. And so, you know, one of my contentions is that, God, we got to get on this self-awareness stuff, people, because if we can't actually see the challenges inherent in our systems, we can't fix them. And the people are in charge generally are in the early settled tier. And those of us who work for them or, you know, entrepreneurs, innovators out here in the world trying to make things happen. We're generally at a later stage than those who run our systems. And many of our systems, our infrastructures in our world are in the concrete tier. You know, our governments, our governmental systems, our, you know, oldest 
unwieldiest, most rigid structures are still in the concrete, and at least some of the other systems are in this early subtle. But yeah, you you nailed it. <laughs> I was I was so excited. I'm like I can't wait to share this with all my friends because now they're all going to understand why it's so confusing and so upsetting and frustrating, right? So I loved this part when you were talking about starting your PhD and you were discussing your work with your now ex-husband. The end of my marriage. <laughs> the end of your marriage happened on page uh, 227 uh, when he said to you in a very matter of fact way, there's no way that you can measure that stuff. It's not measurable. You can't study what you can't measure. So that has been my biggest frustration when I'm trying to talk about health and healing and purpose work. And, you know, I don't have to measure it because it literally just worked. It was my whole life's journey. And, but when you go to the experts, right, or the achievers, they want to see measurement. But then when you start evolving into the pluralist and the strategist, and it's like, it's inferred, it's beyond that. So that was very freeing. And I wanted to thank you for um, pointing that out. And then if I may, because there's a lot of folks. Can I just interject something, one little thing here that may also be helpful is realizing that all of academia is set up with those very real constraints. I actually had to leave higher education. I was on my way to, you know, faculty tenure track because I loved being a scientist until I realized nobody really understood what I was doing. I mean, none of the senior faculty in the many departments I was in had a clue what I was trying to measure. And I realized, oh, actually, I don't belong here. This is not going to work for me. So our scientific systems are set up in the same way as many of our other organizations. Just it feels really important as we're talking about this topic and many others that we begin to put science in a way in a you know profoundly useful but it's not the be-all end-all it is not the answer to the problems that we experience in the world it's thank you <laughs> amen and hallelujah and yes and you just touched on something with loneliness and i loved uh throughout this exploration and there's some great friends with us this evening that i've chatted with and i've talked about loneliness and brandon who you know so blessed to meet you through you know he was one of those catalysts for helping me through that loneliness but and that it's because there's few people that are actually in these stages so it's it's not actually um that i was lonely it was that i felt so isolated and i was searching for others i could connect with that could understand and help me understand what it is that was birthing or blossoming and driving me insane so it's about creating a new support system which is exactly what tonight is and exactly what this you know this group of people who are starting to come together because the old model is being we're, we're how did you put it we're in a box that we've outgrown and we're, you know, we're suffocating and now it's, it's how do we be there for one another. So I want to go deeper into pluralist and strategist because again, a lot of folks tonight, this is going to help them because <laughs> it really helped me. So I'm going to tee you up. One small thing there, Kristen, is that um, it is important for each of us to realize also that each time we make a transition from one stage to another, we're outgrowing that box. And so if you're evolving quickly or moving quickly, you're going to end up leaving the networks 
that you're in or businesses or whatever to go to the next place, which, which creates an even greater sense of isolation and aloneness. And confusion and, and, and fear. And so that was so freeing when I read it. And there's, again, a lot of folks who are going through this right now where they're, they're not sure the paradigm shift that's occurring for them. And they're like, I don't want to work here anymore. Or I don't want to be in this marriage anymore, or whatever it is. And, and so that was really helpful um, for me to read that. And I'm like, okay, I'm not insane. So with the pluralist stage and how social justice arises, I want to just read one of your, your paragraphs here. People in the pluralist stage begin to interact reciprocally with one another in subtle ways because they're able to see others' own interiors and also experience empathy for others' lives. The recognition of suffering and the broader human condition begins to take on new meaning here as we become connected to the subtlety or collective and realize that we all have unique and valid ways to see the world. This new awareness that reality is based in experience creates an understanding that we are all embedded in and shaped uniquely by the context of our lives and all worthy of respect and dignity. And you wrote that and published this before our global pandemic. And I mean, talk about being right on time. That's exactly what we're experiencing right now. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, yeah, like I said, I was called to write this book and um, I'm near tears because this is so fundamental to who I am as a, as a being. Um, you know, my purpose is to liberate others' souls. And I truly believe that, you know, as stated, each and every one of us came here to live these unique, one-of-a-kind contributions. And um, when we truly begin to recognize that every single being on this planet deserves to live their full life and is worthy of being enabled to have that contribution, you know, it will be a different place. That's why I do purpose work. Well, thank you for doing purpose work. <laughs> and thank you for being a mentor and guide to all of us. So then that brings uh, us into the next stage of um, strategist. And I just wanted to read a short excerpt that I think will help a lot of folks that are connecting tonight, because it made me think of quite a few people that are here. So in this next stage, because of the broader and deeper awareness that we are each unique, we begin to imagine that each person has a right to develop to their highest capacity and that becoming our authentic selves is the foundation for our greatest contributions. This 4.5 strategist stage is a very advanced stage of consciousness or human development. If more people on the planet could advance to this stage, we could resolve most of the volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous dilemmas on the planet because of the capacity to see and develop new systems. There's a lot of folks who are very interested in doing that work, and I think we're finally ready for it. Mm -hmm. We are. I'm, I'm excited, you know, the, as, 
horrific as the pandemic was for many people um, and, you know, caused great suffering and still is for, for many, especially the impoverished. Um, it, was a, it was a strategic shift in the tide of what we paid attention to. And because more people were forced to get quiet and pay attention to what was going on inside and to look around and notice the discrepancies and the disparities and the injustices. So we gained internal and external perspective all at one time, the whole world we couldn't deny it. It was no longer hidden in any way. We like woke up, you know, we grew a whole stage. I saw we grew a whole stage in this time frame, which means that more of us now are ready. I, I mean, I'm so, I'm just ecstatic about the world finally being ready to do something about what we've done to ourselves and to the planet. Hallelujah. And I think, again, really being able to understand your ex-husband, <laughs> half of our coworkers, academia, healthcare, um, it's just their stage of development. Like it's nothing personal. It's just where they're at. And it's not where you're at or I'm at or mo most of us are at. So that just like takes a lot of the stress and the pressure off just having that awareness of the differences. You know, and to that point, it's also really critical that we keep repeating nobody's wrong here. Nobody's bad, nobody's better. Nobody's inadequate. We all are just where we are. And so, it's absolutely significant that the, the most important work we do, you know, becoming our true self actually means we do it wherever we are. So a really developed, you know, highly caring person in the concrete tier is every bit as important, if not more, than somebody who's rushed their way to the metaware tier and skipped a lot of stages doing them well and has all kinds of shadow and bypass but hey i'm on my way to transcendence because this person who's bypassed a lot of really important stuff is not going to be able to bring their full self to their to the world and this person over here in the concrete tier who's done a great job filling in all the developmental tasks and is a you know a pillar of his his or her family or community is making a greater contribution so I just, I want to be really clear. I, I believe that wherever we are is our most important, is, is where we should would focus and, and do the tasks that are there for us. Be here now. You know. Yep, just be here now. I had that conversation today with a, a great colleague where it's like such a roller coaster and just to embrace that, that at this moment, this is the reality and this is the present moment and uh, really just accepting that and not rushing through and denying and, and sitting in that. So I love it. Um, we're, we're not going to uh, take the time to get into MetaWare, um, but I know as folks pick up your book um, and there's only what 5% of the globe that's in that stage anyway, but I, I found that, I hope I experienced that someday. It sounds pretty cool. And uh, again, how unique and special you are that you can shed light on all that for us and, and let us understand those stages of development. It's pretty cool. So um, your purpose impact roadmap, 
as a tool for folks to start on their journey. Can you just speak um, briefly about what that offering is to help people find themselves? Yeah, it's a, um, so it's a free PDF on my website and I'd spent the last 10, 15 years developing a methodology as a scientist, <laughs> I'm quite the nerd, and I developed grounded theory. So I, as I'm working with my clients over the last several decades, you know, just all started to click like, ah, these are things that are making a lot of sense and these aren't working so much. So I started putting together a model of what it was required to help people live into their fullest potential, as I now call it, my, your purpose. And I guess for the past six or seven years, I've actually sort of been in my lab and testing things and refining them and, you know, really taking to heart my role as is really figuring out what will help us go to the, you know, the furthest reaches of where we are now. And so I developed this 12 step model um, that is, you know, getting clarity about your purpose, learning to live a very agile life and then amplifying the best of who you are in your career or your work setting, family, etc. So this roadmap from purpose to impact is, you know, how to figure out who you are and, and what is your purpose, get some clarity and then learn to bring it into the world, including resolving all the stuff that keeps you from living that, and then building something, whether it's career or business, around that. So that's the roadmap. It's a series of steps. Um, I need to do a lot more writing about that, and it, I actually am planning another, one of the next couple books um, will be more elucidation about the roadmap itself, but it's a start. Well, it's a wonderful, wonderful PDF, and I appreciate you putting it out there as, as a tool to help, to help folks. So what is your website if, if people wanted to download that PDF? Hollywoodscoaching.com. Fantastic. And is your book also available through your website? Um, on my website, I have a page that has the book and a link uh, to, to one of the online retailers. <laughs> but it's several of the online it's not in bookstores yet because bookstores haven't been open since it's been published so yeah wonderful well it was so fun especially uh the case studies and you know reading about friends and colleagues of ours uh hearing your journey and the I'm guessing Kristen will come back here shortly. That you included. And it's a poem by John O'Donohue. We lost you there for a minute, Kristen, just to let you know. Oh, thank you. Sorry about that. Well, I was actually just closing us up. And if possible, I was going to be reading um, For a New Beginning that you included in the book by John O'Donohue. And I think that's a beautiful summary of your work, of the journey, and I think it'll resonate with a lot of folks. So for a new beginning. In out of the way places of the heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming. Waiting until you are ready to emerge. For a long time, it has watched your desire. 
feeling the emptiness growing inside you. Noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promises that sameness whispered. Hear the waves of turmoil rise and relent, wondering would you always live like this? Then the delight when your courage kindles and out you stepped onto new ground. Your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plentitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit of adventure, holds nothing back. Learn to find ease in risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm for your soul senses the world that awaits you. Mm. I'll tell you. <sighs> and that's what you're doing. You're helping us all find the courage to live authentically and on purpose. And I'm just humbled and honored that our paths have crossed. You've made such an impact on my world. And I think that's going to resonate for, I hope, the rest of my life. Thank you so much for that honor. And I'd also like to say that we're all doing that each and every one of us in our own way, as best we can is on that journey. You know, sometimes more easily than others, but we're all on that path. Thank you for your beautiful work and your beautiful soul. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, Cheryl, if you would please stop recording and